Hello, hello. I am Karen Jean-François, and this is the Women in Data podcast, a podcast where every other week I interview some of the most inspiring women working in data. They discuss how data is used in various industries, share their knowledge and experience in the field, and equip you with tips to help you overcome challenges on your career and feel great. Let's get straight to it. Happy New Year! I am so excited today because we are celebrating the 50th episode of the podcast and it's been such an honor to connect with so many inspiring women and share their stories and their experience with you. To celebrate this, I am giving you a chance to join me on the podcast. Here is how it works. On Thursday, 6th of January, I will share a post on LinkedIn asking you to share some themes that you would like to see covered on the podcast. Each comment will count as an entry for a prize draw that will close on Wednesday, 12th January. So you will have about a week from Thursday, 6th of January to Wednesday, 12th of January to comment my post and enter the prize draw. If you are not connected with me on LinkedIn, now is your chance. You will find my LinkedIn in the show notes so you can add your post. All right, time for today's episode. I am joined by three data titans, Claire Williams, associate partner at IBM, Holly Armitage, principal strategist at BAE System, and Richard Tate, EVP data at Dyson Group. They share what 2022 will look like for the women in data community. They basically form half of the chapter leads team and they are working to make data careers more accessible and welcoming to women. They respectively lead the Girls in Data, Career Crossroad and Allyship chapters. Let's listen to them. Hello and welcome to the Women in Data podcast. I am so excited to be with the three of you today. And Claire, you just told me just before I hit record that the Women in Data podcast was your most listened podcast uh, according to Spotify in the last year. So thank you so much for for supporting the, the podcast. And I'm really excited about today's episode because this is the first episode of the year and it's also episode 50. So we have recorded 50 episodes. Today, what we're going to talk about is it's a bit different. So what usually we talk about careers and what are the possibilities in data and what women are doing in the, in the field. Today, we're going to talk about what women in data are going to be up to in the, in the coming year. So in 2022, and we have you. So Richard, Holly and Claire, who are the, the chapter leads for three different what women in data call chapters and we're going to talk about what it is that you're doing. If I could just ask you first to introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Richard. I'm the Executive Vice President of Data. It's a big mouthful, that EVP in short, of data at DAZN Group, which is a sports streaming service. So I look after a lot of the end-to-end data stuff, data and decision science, data management, program strategy, analytics and insight. Thank you. And in terms of chapter, what chapter are you leading? I look after the allyship chapter. All right. Thank you. How about you, Holly? 
Hi everyone, my name is Holly Armitage and I'm a strategist at BAE Systems and I have the great fun of leading our truly cross-cutting chapter called Career Crossroads. So you, know, you might be at a stage where you're starting to think about, oh gosh, what do I do next? Perhaps everything in your career has been going really straightforward and suddenly you kind of hit this space where you're like, oh gosh, what do I do next? And this, this chapter is all about kind of exploring the different roles and opportunities that are in our chapter and in our community, but also helping people think about what they want from a really fulfilling career. And kind of, yeah, sharing uh, career stories, opportunities, um, skills, so kind of everyone in our industry can have a really fulfilling career. How exciting is that? So how about you, Claire? Hi, thank you so much for having us on. Um, this is super exciting. I feel like a fangirl now. Um, so uh, Claire Williams, um, I work for IBM. I have the pleasure of leading um, ga- um, IBM Garage for UK and Ireland, um, which is um, our way of delivering uh, value at scale with clients. I have the absolute delight and pleasure of leading Girls in Data, the chapter within Women in Data. We can go on to why that's super important to me, but it's super important to the world, I think, because what we're trying to do is inspire girls from the age of five upwards to get that glint of an idea of what a, what a career in data might be and help them on that journey right through to kind of, you know, 18, where they're knocking on the door of higher education, the workforce, etc., and really trying to create a pipeline of awesome female talent as we move forward. Yeah, and such a, an important thing, because very often, you know, we talk about getting to you know, increasing the representation of women in the field, but everything starts from from the very early ages. So if you don't know that data careers are available to you, how can you ex- expect the workforce to be representative of the population, right? So such an important chapter. And I can't wait to see everything that you're going to do in the next year. But as you, you touched on, Claire, you said that uh, you're going to come in the movement talking about why that's important to you. So maybe you could answer that question. What got you into this thing of leading the Girls in Data chapter? Yeah, so Girls in Data is really personally important to me as if I think back to when I was like 14, I, I'm a bit of, a bit, bit weird, I guess, that I always wanted to uh, follow a career. I wanted to go and work in business and IT. Um, that's exactly what I wanted. Okay. <laughs> I always wanted to do it. Um, I love maths at school. Um I loved IT at school. Uh, they invented the IT prefect uh, role for me at school. Um, uh, and most of the rest of my classmates, when I was at an all-girls school, thought I was a bit strange and weird for liking tech and getting excited about that and that kind of stuff. And I always had that drive in me and interest. And I, you know, fortunately enough, have kind of, you know, managed to be able to pursue a career in that and really enjoy it. I would never have known at that age that that was a career in data. But I knew what I loved and I knew what I liked. But I kind of had to push against the flow to do that. Whereas so many of my peers have, you know, gone on to be, you know, fantastic doctors or do great stuff in the community or teachers or, or, or whatever different careers that they're doing. Had somebody been able to harness that in me when I was that age and, you know, harness, normalize that within my peer group, et cetera, and stuff like that, think about how many other women we'd now have in these kind of careers. My mum used to be a teacher. My sister's a teacher. I've got a niece that's seven. It really resonates to me kind of how much of an impact their jobs have on their children um, and their peers and stuff like that. 
my niece talks about some days she wants to be an engineer, some days she, which I'm really excited about. Some days she wants to be a teacher because that's what her mum does. And, you know, there is so much that they're so kind of keen to think about their futures at that age. How do we start to harness that? How do we grow? And I think that's through telling our stories, normalising it, making careers in data as, well, they are as exciting, I think, (laughs) as being a YouTuber, as being an Instagram influencer, as being a doctor, as being a teacher, all these kind of different professions that are very normalised. How do we create that spark at that really, really early age? Yeah, that's why it's super important to me. That's actually amazing. And I want to say you are not weird. So <laughs> don't say that. It's just, it, it's just, it feels like you've been driven and you, you, you knew from a very early age what you wanted to do. And that's amazing. Um, but I, I can't believe you actually pursued it and then made it to the world of data. So even if it's not necessarily IT and things like that, but definitely in that kind of space still and you actually managed to push your school to do things differently and go against all the what the other girls were saying it's quite impressive how about you holly what what got you into this um chapter so my i I was very different to claire so whilst i i liked maths at school i never loved it you know i never had that really clear vision of this is what i want to do kind of growing up and if anything as i kind of left university i was like i'm not going down the maths route so my background is economics and stats and i was like no way jose this is just not happening um, and I did a quite a generous graduate scheme, but I kept kind of dipping my toe in the data water. And I sort of played this translator role. So I always say in a room full of, you know, really hardcore, clever maths people, I'm by far the worst maths and tech person, but I really get the business strategy, the economics. In a room full of economists, I am like the worst economist going. Um, you wouldn't want me designing your financial models. But I suppose I understand the, the data and the data opportunities. I sort of play that translator role. So um I've been kind of involved in women in data for a couple of years now, attending events, um, hearing other speakers. And yeah, in the last couple of years, I thought, actually, I want to do more than just participate. I want to shape and get involved. And particularly in this whole kind of career crossroads, you know, I've been in my own career crossroads the last couple of years. I made the move from being a civil servant to working in industry. You know, I've now got a, a little girl um, trying to make that, that transition from being, you know, balancing life, mum, work, family commitments. Um, but then also think about kind of what do I want from my career? You know, I still don't know what I want to do when I'm grown up, which feels a bit scary because I'm, I am grown up. Um, <laughs> so it's in that space. And I think as Claire says, it's normalising these things. I think the big thing in the career crossroads is everyone experiences career crossroads. Some of us, it's a couple of times a year. Others, it's, you know, maybe once or twice in their lifetime. But normalising that feeling of, I don't know what I'm going to do next, is normal. It's a healthy conversation to have. And hearing from others helps shape opportunities which interest you. So I think, you know, a big part for me is about this kind of normalisation, I think, as Claire says. And this is so important because I was listening to you and I was like, this is true because... You know, how many times do we ask ourselves, okay, what's next? What I want, what do I want to do? And trying to really understand what our, our paths should look like or we would like our paths to look like in especially in data when everything data and technology, I want to say, where everything moves so fast and then the jobs of tomorrow haven't been invented yet. So keeping in mind that, you know, we are going to have to do this transition several times in our in our career is very important. All right, and Richard, what what got you to to the allyship uh, chapter? I didn't like maths either. Um, 
In fact, I started life as a journalist and worked for a few years as a journalist um, before my transition into data. What got me into allyship is it's the right thing to do. You know, I'm a 45-year-old white man in a position of an executive position in in a company where, where I was before. And when I look around me, there are more people like me than there are like my colleagues on this call today. And I want to do whatever I can do to help people who don't look like me, who aren't my gender or colour or have my background to, to move into positions that, that I occupy today. And if we are going to have um, a brilliant data industry, then we have to have more people who are representative of our country. And we're definitely not there today. So I, I do it because it's the right thing to do. And we, we have to make faster progress than we are. And this is such an important job. And I want to say thank you so much for being here and for actually taking this initiative of doing that and supporting women, but not only women, you know, people are from different backgrounds to, to get into the field and embrace their career. Something that I always smile when I think about it. We, when we think about diversity, we think, oh, we need to have a diverse team without thinking of the implication of it. And something that you said, if we want to succeed in data, we need this diversity because our data and our analysis are only as good as the persons who are analyzing it. And if you see everything from the same lens, I mean, it's diversity of thought, diversity of background and all these things, so, so important. So that's exciting. And what can we wait so what are we going to see in the next year i'm a bit of clear you were saying you feel like a, a member of a fan club now i'm the biggest fan of what women in data was doing in 2019 and this is actually how i got into the podcast i got so excited about chatting with people and going into these events that i was like can we please do that online uh, i remember it was Rachel at the time where I went to her and I said, Rachel, can we do a podcast? And she, she was crazy. She said, yes, I don't know why. But here we are, a year and a half later, still doing a podcast. Episode 50. Yeah. <laughs> Episode 50. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear about what's going to happen in 2022. Are you going to do chapters, events? Is, what's going to happen? <laughs> First of all, you know, there will still be the main women in data event. So we're not saying those big events where we all come together aren't going to happen. We're going to have more of those events. And I think something we've learned from this year is how do we do in-person events? How do we do virtual events? So we were discussing um, after our last flagship, you know, sometimes um, we get a different kind of interaction that with virtual events. So I suppose that's my kind of first call out to our community. You, know, you let us know how you want to engage with us as well. So still be the main with events. And I think you know, in my chapter, we're going to be seeing some kind of smaller events, really focusing on helping us unpack and explore some of those questions which we have around career crossroads. So um, we've already got in the diary for next year some events around some, some soft skills, kind of looking at kind of what are your skills and key attributes. We're going to be doing some events with our key partners understanding, you know, what are the roles coming up? Claire said a really interesting point earlier around kind of always kind of the knowing what role she wanted to do and, you know, understanding that role. For me, there's real something in the language we use in our industry. It's a bit confusing at times. You know, we, who actually, you know, some of the language we use around describing jobs isn't always clear. So demystifying that and talking about what jobs are around, what jobs are available. And to your point, jobs of the future, you know, speaking with our partners and we have some amazing sponsors at Women in Data who are really are shaping 
you know, the, fe- the future job market and helping our members kind of understand a bit more about those roles is kind of come up in my chapter. Yeah, and I can't agree more about the confusions around the job descriptions and the job titles and all these things. So Holly, I'm definitely going to be the first in line for, for your event. So send them my way. <laughs> Thank you. Richard, what about you? A- anything that you know is going to happen on the allyship side? Well, similar to Holly, we, we, we're not going to just have one event every year. There'll be there'll be multiples. I mean, we kicked allyship off really at the event in, in November. And already I've doubled the number of fellow allies who are going to join our movement. Wow. Had some great conversations, very honest, um, quite raw conversations with some people around being afraid that they're going to say the wrong thing and 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 that imposter syndrome of trying to trying to understand more about some of the challenges that people who aren't them, who aren't in positions of privilege face. So we're definitely going to start building building up that community of people where we can share, learn, critically learn, listen to one another and um, build that up over the course of 2022 and see what impact we can make. Let, let's be realistic. We're going to make small incremental impacts, but all of those are going to turn into something far bigger. And that's that's the ambition. We want to see more people who, who aren't white middle-aged men starting to appear in some of the, the really critical data positions across the country. Yeah, and you you mentioned that you've already doubled the the number of allies. So, if someone would would like to to join the allyship, how how do they do that? Just reach out, contact me on LinkedIn. It's not hard to figure out my corporate email. Um, just reach out. You will start to see more posts about allyship coming across social media. Just join them, amplify them, and and start listening and learning with us. All right. So what I'm, I will do is I will put a link to your LinkedIn and to Holly and Claire's as well, if that's okay, in the show notes this way. Uh, listeners can can access all these pages and then get in, get in touch. Claire, what's happening on the Girls in Data front? So much. And actually so many things actually that Holly and Richard just said have just, just given me other food for thought to discuss. But um, 2022, um, for me, the, the power of girls in data is twofold. One, we need to absolutely make sure we're doing the right things um, and serving that age group and understand that age, age group. So one of the people that's not on this podcast today, who's hugely important in the girls in data space, um, is Ella. Um, and Ella is a, co-leads the girls in data chapter with me. She's 19, so a little bit younger than me, um, and a lot more connected to kind of that age group. And this is what we're trying to do. We're not trying to, you know, tell five to 18-year-olds what they need. We're trying to listen to them and understand from them what it is they need, what stories resonate with them, what activities resonate with them, how they want to learn, how they want to grow, et cetera, and stuff like that. 2021, we have done some focus groups, and I'd like to do more of those into 2022 to really kind of get a view from that audience, what works for them, what doesn't, et cetera, and stuff like that. To do that, we need volunteers. And one of the things that we're going to be trying to do in 2022 is reach out to all of our awesome wids um, and mids. I think it's a new term we've invented, <laughs> men in data, um, to to get their stories heard, get people to you know to share their stories, to stand out there, etc., and stuff like that. So people to tell their stories is going to be a big part. Storytelling is going to be a big theme in 2022, as well as getting people to volunteer. Because the more people that we can get involved. In driving initiatives within girls and data, within crossroads, within the allyship, within women and data as a whole, the more of an impact we can have. 
And I just wanted to kind of reflect on, I think, a couple of, uh, Karen and Rich, you both kind of mentioned this, that whole, you know, the, the dominance of, of the background within most of our counterparts within within the data world and how women in data is that kind of shining beacon of light within that. So I remember in 2018, 2019, going to Caroline Carruthers' book launch, not having met the women in data crew at all before that, standing very nervously outside, going in on my own, clutching onto a glass of Prosecco and just being filled with a room of men discussing the size of the data lakes. Then these kind of, the, the, almost like, you know, Roisin started talking to me um, and suddenly there was these beacons of line. Suddenly you opened your eyes to actually all the incredible women that were in the crowd too, that kind of just mag- magnetized against each other. And what I want to do, so it's not just about 2022, although there was awesome stuff happening then, is to make sure that we continue to have those beacons of lights in rooms like that so that in 10 years' time, 20 years' time, all these girls in data now that have been inspired still can hold each other's hands, can you know give each other the helping hand up and, and be that balance within, within the industry. Yeah, very important because if we if we get them in the field and then they look around and they they don't see any representation, they might feel quite lonely. I know I've felt that way in the past. It's true, you can't be what you can't see. Exactly. Just before we go, do you have any wishes for for the new year for the women in data community? So I think for me is. Um, come and join us. You know, and like Claire, I stood around the edge of the room clutching a glass Rosecco, getting slowly warmer with the sweat of my hand, warming it up. I wish I'd jumped into that room earlier. You know, what would I've met and is most inspirational group of men and women who are committed to making our industry the very best it can be. So yeah, come come and join us. If you're coming to an event and you're not quite sure, reach out to us on social media. Um, we'll make sure we come, come and find you and, and say hi. But yeah, come come and join us. And we're really excited to kind of welcome more people into our community next year. I can echo all of that. Get get involved. That is that is the bottom line. The more of us who are involved in this, men, women, the stronger we're going to be. 100%. I, again, completely echo that. Share your stories. You know, be brave, be bold. You know, it doesn't take much to share something really authentic about yourself on LinkedIn or to speak to a more junior colleague, inspire them or to speak to your niece or, or whomever it is, have the conversation, get that spark, etc. For every person that helps you, who are you going to help in return? And have an awesome 2022. It's got to be better than the last few years, really. It has to be. <laughs> it has to be. But also I would just add to that because the three of you were very much on you know, joining the community and, and helping out. But I feel also the, the return you get is is mind-blowing. All the connections I've made through the community have been amazing. And I can't wait to see um, what this has to bring for the coming years. So thanks again for joining me on the podcast. And I'm looking forward to chatting with you again. Thank you so much. Loved it. Thanks, everyone. Have Thank a new, you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to the Women in Data podcast. We will be back in a couple of weeks with a new guest. Until then, if you have two minutes, it would be great if you could leave us a rating or a review as it helps not only to make the podcast more visible, but also to enhance the content. If you don't want to miss the next episode, follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are also on LinkedIn. 
And if you wish to, you can even register to the community for free. All you have to do is head to womenindata.co.uk. Have a great day.